This is the story of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, kingdom builder, healer. He is the King of glory. He is the resurrecting Savior. They expected a conqueror, but instead they got a servant, crucified and lifted high. And the marks on his hands left us marked for salvation. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to September. Happy Labor Day weekend. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time with everything that's going on all around us. And I know that many people are out enjoying the Labor Day weekend and will watch this after the fact. So for everyone joining us live, those who are watching after the fact, we're so glad that you're with us. Hey, everybody, can you believe it's 115 days until Christmas from today? It's like, oh my gosh, really soon, like in two weeks, we'll be under the 100 mark. It's just kind of crazy to think about all of these things. Reading through this month, since today's the first day of September, this is when we now transition to the book of Mark. So if you're first time joining us, what I feel the burden on my heart for us to do as a church is to read through the gospels, to actually read what Jesus did and all the different things and how they attacked him and all the different trickery with words and wordplay that they did and all these things. So we actually see what Jesus did and not just hear about it from someone else. So in the month of August, I challenged everyone to read through the book of Matthew you as many times as you could, and just to see what God would reveal to you. And, and I'm listening to it personally. Um, got it from iTunes, where it's Stephen B. Stevens. If you go to our website, it's up there. It's one of the first banners that's, that's rotating through there. And you click right on and see which one it is that I'm listening to. And it's cool to hear it in just chronological order and just going straight through, because you hear some continuity that you will otherwise miss. And it's, it's a lot faster, too, and I'm more of an audio person than to actually sit down and read a book. Well, this morning, of course, in the message is going to be out of the book of Mark. And, and our goal is, while we're reading through a particular um, book of the gospel, that we're having our messages then, in turn, come from the stories that we're reading. So one is layering on top of the other. Of course, we just finished a week ago, 21 days of prayer, so another layer on top of that. So I'm just super excited about what God is doing in our midst right now and what he's going to do and growing us up and, and kind of just getting us to be a better version of ourselves. This morning, the message that I have for you is surrounding one of my favorite stories growing up. In fact, as, as I was in church, and every time I would hear this, this message, it would always perk me up. In fact, my mom and dad had this um, video series, or actually it was a cassette series at the time. Gosh, I'm aging myself. But um, from Kenneth Copeland, and it was like, I think, six cassettes on this topic, and that is The Sower sowing the seed. And it's found in Mark chapter 4, and we'll be there in just a minute. And there's a whole ton, really, that's packed into this, every sentence that's in this. And as Jesus speaks, I mean, it's just, you have to go back and like really just dissect it and really try and digest it all. And there's just so much that's in here. And, and I'll just tell you, there are multiple overtones which applies to this. And you'll hear many messages through your life that will use this text but today it's my goal to actually unpack this to its most literal meaning. 
Last week we looked at, in post-creation, in, in Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at that in just a second, but we looked at post-creation, so God has already said, let there be, let there be, and there was. He, so he is now, having done all of that, the earth is sitting there. It's got the seeds already in the ground, but it's not yet started to birth up. It hasn't had that first blade of a leaf to come through and break the, the surface of the soil. And it's just sitting there, just waiting. And, and a couple of verses before that, it says that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the earth. And I mean, just the anticipation, if you can just imagine the buildup that there is. And that's where we pick up with Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. And it says, Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet had yet sprung up. So not one leaf has broken the surface. Look at this. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. And last week's message was all about, hey, that we have ground. We have our, our, um, our gardens that we looked at, that that's the place that we're supposed to sow into. We looked at that God so loved the world that he gave his son. And then he gave because he loved so much, and now it's our turn to love so much that God so loved the people around us that he gave us to them. That we have a mandate to be someone who will work the ground. But you see, we also see in Genesis 8, verse 22, and this is out of the Tree of Life version. It says, Now while all the days of land remain, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. And I don't know about you, but in Texas right now, and for those of you who are watching in other states and other places around the country, it's really summer right now. So we're right in the heat and the summer. In fact, we're having some record electric usage in the state of Texas in the last few weeks. That's a story for another time. But here we're seeing that it will never cease. And this is the law of seed, time, and harvest. But I want you to see that in Genesis chapter 2, that even though there's the law of seed, time, and harvest, that when you put the seed in the ground, that there's time that goes by, and then there's a harvest. That there's, it's here one word, but many people have said that it's actually, um, you really can break it down into the seed that's planted, the time in between, and then the harvest. God held off on the law of harvest. He did not start the seed, time, and harvest law until there was someone to work it. Now, I want you to think about that. God actually held out on releasing that law into the earth until there was someone to work. Last week, we also looked at what ground does God have for you? What is it that is your garden? What is it that you're called to do that you're supposed to do and only you can do it? And I've heard someone say that, you know, if we're both the same, then one of us isn't necessary. Every single one of us has a call and a garden and a place that God has for us. We're all created for a purpose. And without us doing that purpose, there is a void. So then, as I'm making the transition from reading the, the book of Matthew for the, the month of August, and I made the transition to start listening to the book of Mark to be prepared for my message today for the best month of the year, that is September, because that's when I was born, just by the way. 
That's funny to me. It's funnier than anybody else, I'm sure. I, I was just really amazed at how God just really tied these in there together. And I love how God's word and the messages will just interlock and intertwine in between each other. So if you look with me at Mark chapter 4, verse 3, and this is the parable of the sower. Look what it says. Listen to this. Behold the sower. And, and I want to stop right there because we're, let's just break this down because I told you there's so much in here. But the sower, most scriptures that Jesus gives a parable with, he'll say a certain man. He'll say this person over here did this and, and he gives more description, but this one he left extremely anonymous. And as we look at the sower, even in today's um, economy, and particularly back then as well, it's not skilled labor. So Jesus is giving this anonymous parable and leaving, if you can imagine, the silhouette of a man, but where his face is, it's just white. You've seen all those things that's described in certain marketing things and certain pictures you've seen. And these are day laborers generally, and they're easily replaced. You can come in, you don't have to know nothing to work out there and plant the seed or to scatter seed in some places like planting grass or something. So it's really interesting to me that the sower is broken down into being anonymous and there's not a face. It's not just a particular person or a particular group. You'll see where I'm going with this. You don't have to have any skills. You really can just be entry level coming in here. Continuing on, the sower went out, and, and this one just jumped out to me again really, really strongly because God personally kind of beat me across the, the forehead with this many years ago. We were at a ministerial fellowship meeting when we still lived in Florida, and all the pastors from all the, the full gospel churches and the, the churches that would believe like we do, um, we would get together once a month at different churches would host us. And we, we were privileged to have it at our church several times. And then we would go to other people's churches. Great just to see what they're doing and kind of hear their story. And it really brings unity among the pastors. But one of the great things that we got to do was have a time of worship. So whatever church was hosting would always have their worship team there. And we would have a worship period of time for like 20 or 30 minutes. And it's just great to have a group of pastors get together and worship. And, and we were at this one particular um, church, friends of mine, and the worship leader was a friend of mine, and she was singing some old time songs that were throwing it way back to actually when I was at Christ for the Nations as a student and on staff. And so I was just loving it. And, and as you can see, I'm walking around a lot. Um, I like to walk and worship. I like to walk and pray. So oftentimes you'll catch me at the back of the room and I'm just in it because I'm not looking for anybody to look at me or try and draw any attention to me. But I just, that's my place in the back of the room, just worship. So I'm just walking the aisles and walking the back of the room, just worshiping. And I'm just pouring my heart out and just enjoying the songs. God interrupted this. It's like he hit me between the forehead with a two-by-four and said, when did my church change my great commission? And I'm like, I'm worshiping you right now. There's no way that's God. That's got to be a distraction that's coming from the enemy. So I'm just going to, I turned around and went the other way, honestly. Went over to the other side. And as I'm over there and I'm getting back into the song and I'm harmonizing with it. And it's just going, it's so beautiful. It's a wonderful time. Again, it hit me between the eyes and said, when did 
my church changed my Great Commission. And I'm like, God, this is really just a struggle for me because doctrinally, I don't believe you like smack us around when we're sitting in your lap worshiping you. So I'm not really understanding what's going on, but what are you talking about? Because I I don't know what you're saying. And just like that, I remembered all of the radio spots that were on the local Christian radio. Come join us at this address because we got this going on. And the next would come join us over here at this event, at this address. Come to where we are. And all of a sudden, I had this realization. See, in Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Go, therefore. Go. It doesn't say come. And when did we as a church change the great commission that we see right here from go to the world and make disciples into, hey, come, come to where I'm at. Hey, if you want some Jesus, you got to come to where I'm at. So I want us to see, if we can go back to that previous verse three, the sower went out. He didn't just stay inside where he was at. He went out. It's a a purpose, intentional. And if anyone's ever done any farming, and thankfully I haven't, um, I know that the farmers get up at the crack of dawn, and they get out, and they're intentional, and they know what area, what tract of land they're going to plow, and they're going to plant, and what they're going to do every day. It's all, but it's all going out. We continue on. The sower went out to sow. There was an intentionality of what was going on. So the sower knew his job. He knew he had to go out. And his plan is to sow. He's going to give the seeds out, continuing on. And as he was sowing, verse 4, some seed fell by the road, and the birds came and ate it up. This is Jesus telling the story, remember. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns. And the thorns came up and choked it. And it yielded no crops. Verse 8, other seeds fell in the good soil. And they grew up, increased, and they they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. Jesus is giving this parable to the great masses and to all the people there. This is what he taught on this day. And then he went on to say, hey, if you can understand this, you you have understanding. And if you have ears to hear, if you have eyes to see, then you should see and you should hear it. And and many people are scratching their head like, I don't really understand it. And as I just mentioned a couple of times, there's so much in this that's packed in that for us to unpack it, we're taking years and, and I'm taking a long time in this message. This whole message basically is devoted to this parable. And here we are breaking it all down and we're still trying to gain the understanding and they're all scratching their heads. In fact, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, hey, uh, we don't really understand what you just said there. And I love how they had that intimate closeness with him that they could come set his feet and say, hey, Jesus, that parable you just told everybody, yeah, we don't even understand what you're saying. So can you tell us? In verse 13, he gives an explanation. And he, Jesus, said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? Another translation says, if you can't understand this one, you're not going to get any of them because the kingdom of God is based on this. 
So to me, as we start off the first Sunday in September, this as the most important parable, the most important scripture that everything else is based on, hey, we need to look at this. We need to know. Look at verse 14. The sower sows the word. Now what's the word? It is the word of God. He's not out there cutting out out of a newspaper or something and there's words and he's just throwing those out. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the word, which is the word of God. The sower is going around and sowing the word. So if I take you back mentally to the previous scripture, the sower went out to sow. Verse 14, this word. Verse 15, that those are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, so they hear it, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown to them. So when you're telling someone the word of God, when you're, when you're telling them about God, when you're telling about the things of God, and, and before it can even like land inside of them, the devil's right there just like taking it all out. I mean, he's using distractions. He's using this or that or something else. So that there's no way it's even going to have any root. Verse 16, similar way, these are the ones whom the, the seed was sown on the rocky places who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. So the other ones couldn't even hear it because they had so many distractions that were going on. and They couldn't even hear it. These, they hear it, and it brings joy to them. They're like, man, I love hearing this. And, and I'll tell you from the people that I talk to during the week, and I just tell them simply what the Word of God says and simply what God's um, plan is in their lives and what has, has got life to the full that he has for them. I mean, so many of them like receive it with joy, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. I've never heard anybody talk like this. Verse 17, and they have no firm root in themselves. In themselves. Look, I highlighted that and I underlined it. They have no root in themselves. There's nothing in it for it to grow, but only temporary. And when affliction and persecution arise because of the word, immediately they fall away. And we see this a lot in church because people will come and say, okay, I'm going to give this Jesus thing a try. I'm going to jump into this following Christ thing. And then all of a sudden it gets a little rocky. It's like, hey, I didn't sign up for problems. I didn't sign up for any trouble to happen to me. And this person, I've got a family member that's giving me grief because I went to this church or I, I accepted Christ or I pray now or I'm reading my Bible and they don't want me reading my Bible. Oh, no, 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 this isn't worth it. And it says immediately, they fall away. Verse 18, and others are the ones on whom the seed was sowed among the thorns, and those are the ones who have heard the word. Verse 19, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful to them. Man, there's so much in this one verse. The worries of the world so you, you've got this great struggle between John 10, 10 that we talk about all the time that God, Jesus said the devil's over here trying to rob, kill, and destroy. He's trying to take everything from you. But I have this other life that's life to the full. This great life that's an opportunity for you. And you're over here saying, I'm, I, I'm trying to move from here over into here. But as you're doing that, you start having the worries of the world. And you're like, but how am I going to do this? 
or the deceitfulness of riches. Well, you know, they talk about giving to that church every, every, every service. They, they have it at the end, at the bottom, the give to belong.com. They just want my money. And all of a sudden, all these things to start just like trying to get you to, to be distracted with a desire for other things. Yeah, I really enjoyed my time learning about God and going to church, but you know... I'll do that another time because, you know, I just got these other things. You know, I got this event rather than going, and you start all of a sudden. It chokes the word. So where God is trying to do something in someone's life, all of a sudden it just, (laughs) and it becomes unfruitful. Verse 20, and those are the ones whom the seed that was sown on good soil, and they hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. But look at the next scripture because most people stop this parable right here. And Jesus said to them, A lamp is not brought to be under a basket or under a bed. It is not to be put, is it not brought to be put on a lampstand? Jesus is talking about the sower is sowing the word. And it goes right into a light. You don't put a basket over it. You don't put it underneath your bed. It's made for a lampstand that you can put it on here so it brings light to darkness. Now, I've said it a couple of times already, but there's multiple layers in this. And certainly people use the scriptures for giving and there is the obvious thing that is there that you sow your seed in good ground and, and sometimes you can sow it into rocky ground or th- thorny ground or, you know, and then when you sow into good soil, the return that God gives to us is amazing. And, and just, you know, that's an obvious thing. And, and I just want to make the obvious thing that goes with that is tithing is not the giving part that's here. Tithing is what God commands us to do as Christians, and that is to pay 10% of what we have as a, as a honoring him back to say, hey, this is, I've given you everything. Can you give me 10% back? And then when you give on top of that, then's when it's going to get into the getting back of when he really opens up the windows of heaven that it talks about in Malachi. I'm not here to talk about that this morning, but it is obviously a meaning of this parable as well. And then there's the seed sown, which is the good news unto salvation, where someone is telling you the, what God has done in their lives, or you're telling someone else the good things that God has done in their lives, and that seed is going out of your mouth, which is the word that God has done in your life, and it's going onto that different grounds and, and the soils that are re- represented there. And we see that opportunity. So it may be you're telling somebody, hey, God did this in my life because I, I heard this podcast or I, I was reading my Bible and I got this and they're like, oh, and you, but you're like, you're not even listening to me. You're like, hey, I'm just trying to tell you the great things and you're like, oh, I'm not interested at all. That thing is just falling by the side of the ground. Or you may tell them and they get excited with you, but then there's nothing there. You're like, hey, will you come go to church with me? Will you listen to this podcast with me? Maybe we'll even show up and go to the, the actual location on Sunday morning with them or we'll watch it online or we'll just get all hooked up together. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you call them, it's crickets. They ghost you. It's nothing there, and you're like, oh, 
Yeah, that's the, the hardened ground. That's the stony ground that it had just fallen in there. It seemed all good at the time. And then there's the thorns. It's like, yeah, they listen and they hear that God is doing something great in their lives because of the seeds that you've sown it. It's starting to grow up and then all these other things start choking them up. It's like, well, you know, I got work or I've got this soccer schedule or I got basketball or I got all this stuff. And all of a sudden you're just like, hey, I haven't talked to you in forever. What about that? See, all of those stones, when it comes to the good news, all of those grounds, I should say, when it comes to the good news, it can be there. But then there's the other side of that as well, and that is our heart, the shape and the condition of our heart, that after we've accepted Christ, now talking about living life to the full, we're in this progress of having a hardened heart when we first get saved and so many things that I don't understand. Why in the world are you talking about tithing? Why the heck are you talking about me changing my life? And you want me to pray? You want me to listen to worship songs? I don't like that kind of music and, and all these different things. And, and you start working this progression. Start tilling up some things and, and keep staying with it and, and seeing what God is doing. And then all of a sudden, through the progress of all of these things, you get rid of the stones, you get rid of the weeds. And what is left? This great, good soil. See, the process leads to good soil. This process of dealing with tilling up the ground that's hardened ground, to, to getting all the stones out, to, to pulling all the weeds is to reveal good ground. And there's a process that's involved here. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. It says, now he, who's talking about God, who supplies seed to the sower. It is God who gives you the words. It is the sower who sows the seed, which is the word. But it is God. So when you're sharing what God is doing in your life to somebody, you're sowing that seed, that's the word. It's God who's given that to you. It certainly isn't me. It certainly isn't a church. It isn't any pastor. It is God. He supplies the seed. Look at this. And bread for food. And he will supply and multiply your seeds. See, if we take the seed that we get from God and we just eat it and consume it, then there's never going to be a harvest. But when we sow that seed, he then increases our harvest in our righteousness. Now, in, in 2 Corinthians 1, Chapter 9, verse 10. The previous verses are all talking about finances. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I'm, I'm cherry-picking this one out here. Well, I don't like doing that. I am cherry-picking this because it is applicable. God is the one who provides the seeds, but this scripture, this uh, ones above it, are specifically talking about giving. And the Corinthian church was known for being these tremendous givers and, and funding the work of God that was going on. And the Apostle Paul's like, hey, listen, you guys are so amazing at this, and you've done such a great job, but I'm just letting you know, hey, we're coming, and the money you promised, this big gift that you wanted to give and you wanted to help, I'm just letting you know that we're going to do it. Because lest you don't, you know, something else happens, I'm just giving you a heads up. And then he continues on and says, hey, but it's God who provides that seed that you're sowing. And your bread for food, it is the sower, though, that actually takes the initiative to sow. Can I take you back to Mark 4, 14? The sower sows the word. And in John 6, verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me will not hunger. 
Jesus is said that God says, oh, I'm getting all mixed up here. Let me go to that again. God says that he who gives bread, the seed to the sower and bread to the eater, and Jesus is like, I am the bread of life. He's telling you, hey, if you get in this thing, you're not going to be hungry. You're not going to ever thirst again, but I'm going to give you what you need for your sustenance. Galatians chapter 6, starting with verse 7, says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. But I want you to see this word. Whatever. Whatever you sow, you will also reap. So what are you sowing? What's coming out of your mouth? Are you sowing the word of God? Are you saying what God says about a situation? Or are we sowing judgment? Are we sowing, um, I don't know about this, or, you know, and I, I'm, I got doubt and unbelief. It's really easy to sow those things. And it's really easy to slide back into here where it's getting robbed, killed, and destroyed from us. Whatever you sow. If you want to sow doubt and unbelief, you're going to reap that. But the sower sows the word. Sow the word. I'm challenging you this morning. Sow the word because guess what you're going to reap? The word. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. Verse 8, but if one sows to his own flesh, man, I'm a self-made man. I did all this on my own. I ain't giving money to no church. I'm not going to help nobody with nothing. I'm just worried about me. From his flesh, he'll reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, hey, I want to be in this life to the full that God says over here, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. But I, I love this, and I highlighted it and underlined it here, eternal life, because eternal literally means a continued duration. So it starts here, and it keeps going on forever. It's kind of like um, Buzz Lightyear, to infinity and beyond. And that's where we get the word eternal, that eternal life that we're just going to keep living after. The, there's a life after this life. It means continued duration. And a space and time. But then that word life, is the same word Jesus used in John 10, 10, when he says, but I've come to give you life to the full. So it's saying here, how you reap that is by sowing to the Spirit. What are you sowing? The sower sows the word. Sow the word. Continuing on in verse nine, let us not lose hope in doing good for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. You see, sometimes they're like, man, I'm sowing. Man, I did 21 days of prayer, and I didn't see my answer. I did it last time as well, and I've done it for a couple of years, and I, no, 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 don't, don't get all that. Another translation says, in the proper time, we will reap. See, because God is not mocked. If you're sowing that word into your family, if you're sowing that word, the word of God into your loved ones and your friends and those that are around you, don't get weary because at the right time, you're going to reap. Mark chapter 4, verse 30. The NIV, it says, And again he, Jesus, said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? And what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it's planted, it grows and becomes. Look at that. When it's planted, 
it grows. That word that comes out of your mouth, the sower sows the word, it comes, it's planted, it grows. And it becomes. See, you can't sit there and go, but I, I told them already and, and they're not listening to me. But, but it seemed like they're excited, but then they didn't do anything. You keep sowing. Because here in the Bible, Mark 4, 32, the seed, when it's planted, it grows and becomes. Planted, grows, becomes. Becomes the largest of all the plants with such branches that the birds can come and perch in its shade. Please bow your heads with me. Every message we have, we conclude and bring you to a decision to accept Christ. And we lay it out there in front of you to say, hey, is today your day? We want it to always be there right in front of you as an option. This week, we see that someone has sown the seeds. And, and honestly, I, I've been sowing the seeds into you this whole time. Someone has sown seeds in you that got you here, that led you here. So where do you find yourself today? What would best describe the soil that is your life? Wayside? Stony? All filled with stones? Thorny? Got all kinds of weeds going up? Or is it good soil? Hey, today can be your day. If that's you today, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you simply say this prayer with me. It's not, it's not about me. It's not about even the words. I'm just helping you with the words. If that's you today, say, God in heaven, I want to know you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, for paying for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for making mistakes. And I choose you. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life. Number one, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that, that prayer for the first time. Lord, even for that person that's, that might say, I, I, I prayed that prayer before, but then things kind of happened in my life that I kind of went off and I veered off. And maybe the, the thorns of life came up or the stone ground is prevented. There's things that prevented it. And just all of a sudden they find themselves far from God. And they come back again and again. God, I know that all of heaven is rejoicing for when one comes to you. For the first time or for 500th time and you're not counting you're not trying to keep track of the number of times that we've missed it thank you Jesus but you're always there for us Lord and I, I pray the next step is that we all examine our lives and we work on our ground on how we're receiving your words not just for salvation but God that we are all in this together that we are all making a progress there's a process that's going on in our lives that's leading us from this life that's trying to kill us destroy us and rob from us to this life that you mentioned that's eternal life it's life to the full God help us to work 
Put in the work in our lives to get rid of the things that aren't what you want for us. And Lord, lastly, for finances and for giving. For those people that it, maybe the, the, the thought of giving and tithing, it scares them. And, and there's things that rise up and choke them, like how you have enough money to pay your bills? How will you be able to do this? Or you shouldn't do that? Or what are they going to do with the money? Or all the different things that rise up and trying to choke them out so they don't take that step. And Lord, while that wasn't the focus of our message today, God, it's an obvious overtone. And Lord, you're wanting to move people from that place, that there's a decision point for them to start tithing. And then above that, to do gifts and offerings above that, Lord, where then that's in that 30, 60, and 100-fold return. God, you have such great plans and love for us. I pray that you would help all of us to take these next steps. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you took those steps with us today, I want to simply ask you to do this one simple thing for us. And that is to text the word next to 469-289-1114. And you'll see it at the bottom of your screen. It comes up there. Text the word next to 469-289-1114. And that's simply the way that we're able to communicate with you and tell you what your next steps are if you would like to take them. And we want to hear your testimonies. We want to hear what God is doing in your life. We, we see all the different pinpoints of where people are seeing these messages and hearing us and the podcast words going all over the nations of the world. It's just, it's unbelievable all the different places that it finds it. And, and I want to tell you to encourage you to invite you to take that other step of inviting somebody to take this journey with you. To sow that seed and saying, hey, I, I, I got something out of this and I, I learned something. Hey, I want you to come with me. Maybe you want to copy this link and send it in an email. Send it in a text message or an instant message to someone and say, hey, I want you to watch this and then let's talk about it. I want you to encourage you to take those steps. And lastly, it is forgiving. And, and if you want to be a part of the financial success of this church and this ministry, you can go to, it's at the bottom of the screen again, givetobelong.com. And we're not sitting here with our hand out, but I'm telling you, when you take that step in financially giving and giving 10% of your income, so if you made $100, you, you give God 10. He gave you everything. He gives us the power to get wealth, it says in Deuteronomy. All he asks for is 10% back. I encourage you to take that step. Take that next step in giving. You simply go to givetobelong.com, and there's a pull down. You can choose what category you want to give. If it's tithing, there's tithes and offerings that are right there. And then there's special offerings. There's missions offerings. There's for building. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that you can give to. I encourage you to take that step. Let's pray and be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Lord, I thank you for this message and how it's been so important to me all of my life. And it's such a joy to be able to give this morning. Father, I pray that you would keep our eyes open, that we will understand the power of soil. And that your seed is not moving. The sower is only meant to be the one going out and obeying. And that's an anonymous, lowest at the totem pole, without a face, no skills required, place. We give that to you. We take these steps. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
check, check, check. 